Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans, but they've supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members are a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and get entered to win a free shirt or hat of your choice from DNVR, of course. Or, and most importantly, get signed up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it's vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find you the best loan for your situation. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com or call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. That's Michael Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006, and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. DNVR Broncos podcast brought to you by our friends over at MSU Denver online who ask, what are you doing differently with your life come the spring of 2021? Guess what? They've got some suggestions because after all, the one thing that protects you against economic downturns is an education that gives you the chance to change your career. You can go take care of that over at MSU Denver, or you can continue your current job continue making money while earning your degree. MSU students, they can tell you all about it. They work double the hours while taking classes from any other school in Colorado. Multitasking is sort of the way of being an MSU roadrunner. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. It is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into their classroom. And of course, if you graduate from MSU Denver, you'll use that relevant degree to land some coveted jobs. And hey, some of our staff at DMVR is taking MSU Denver online classes right now. And if you're in Colorado, you probably know somebody in your circle who got their degree, got educated at MSU Denver. So you know what? Check it out. MSU Denver, get a degree or just learn, just add to your knowledge base. Of course, it is the new online urban online university. So check it out. MSUDenver.com. My boys, wow. what's going on? Hey. Nice heck of an intro oh, there kicking off it. Friday. I think I'm going to go sign up for some MSU Denver classes after that. So impressive guys and yeah. happy bum talk Friday. I'm I'm taking this serious guys. I'm going free flowing bum talk Friday. I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Free and easy. Just and, and enjoy the cool breeze. As someone who naturally likes to one-up, I'm going to be doing a naked podcast. <laughs> Good thing we, we typically, you know, just do shoulders and above. <laughs> exactly.
exactly. Well, you know, I, on, I can just on, tilt yeah. this back. You guys won't. Hey, tell. hey. <laughs> well, on tel- on television, you know, there's a long history of sportscasters, newscasters that are dressed to the nines up top. They're wearing, you know, if you're male, you've got a suit, you've got a, a suit jacket, coat, and your shirt and tie. If you're a female, you've got a, a you know gorgeous dress on. But then down below wearing sweatpants, wearing shorts, wearing, <laughs> you know, ragged old sneakers. I mean, it's it's the business up top party down below. But uh, I think going naked below the waist would take that to a new level. <laughs> that's, how, that's like the guy who, uh, ah, never mind. Um, <laughs> what, 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 what guy? What guy? I can't remember the story, so I, could, I can't really reference it without oh. any, like, names or... There there was some guy who got popped for doing some inappropriate things during a Zoom meeting. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So, anyway, the key key is if you do anything like that, just don't just keep your hands up here. (laughs) That's your hands in plain sight. Yes. Don't let anyone see what's going on down there. Was it? Yeah. Some guy for CNN, right? During so. a Zoom meeting, I think oh, it was. Boy, <laughs> or like the New York Post, I want to say. Yeah. Oh well, I mean New York Post. I mean. Oh, I think it was. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Uh, good start. Good start. To <laughs> <Hey. talk about> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, we have to discuss a not as exciting topic here. But uh, I'm interested to hear your guys' takes on this. Um, it was, I would say it was like a half meltdown on Broncos Twitter yesterday. Uh, it didn't go full, uh, like losing to the Raiders meltdown, but people got really riled up over this Jerry Judy interview. And honestly, for me, it started with just one answer, um, that I saw that kind of came out and I can't, I wish I could remember who was the first to post it, but basically Jerry Judy was asked about Deshaun Watson and, People didn't like the way he handled it. Um, And to be honest, my initial reaction was similar to those people. Uh, But then, of course, everyone overreacted and and caused me to change my take entirely. Um, But basically, he said something along the lines of, Sean's great. He's amazing. I'd love to play with him, but I don't have control over that. Right, yeah. right. He, he, here's exactly what he said. He said it would be exciting to have Deshaun Watson there. You know, he's a great quarterback. We're looking forward to his decision. <laughs> uh, I think that's funny, like the that they're just waiting for his decision. That way where he just says, like, I've made my decision. I'm being traded to the Broncos. <laughs> well, to some degree, even though there's a trade involved. I think a lot of athletes sort of perceive this as being like kind of LeBron James and like the decision, even though it's a different dynamic. And of course the Texans have to acquiesce to Deshaun Watson wanting a trade and uh, for all, for, for all the buzz and all the speculation and all this being the dominant story of the off season uh, as it, as it comes into play, they haven't done that yet. Like, uh, so that, that's what's in that, that is what's interesting. But the thing is when you have, you know, Kareem Jackson talking about Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. and Gary, you talking about Deshaun Watson, frankly, I, I think the, the, the reaction when it comes to, to Drew Locke is a little bit overblown here. You're not talking, this is, we're not talking about Kirk Cousins here, guys. 
We're talking about Deshaun Watson. We're talking about a clear top five, top six quarterback. If you're clustering the top quarterbacks in that elite group, he's in that mix. This yep. isn't this isn't an ordinary quarterback. Yeah, and I think Drew. I think I said this last week, but I stand by it. I think Drew would have the right response to this, which is, "Man, I can't wait till I get my opportunity and show everyone that they didn't need Deshaun Watson, um, that I can be as good as Deshaun Watson." That's how he should be approaching this, uh, and I think it is how he would be. Now, I also wouldn't blame him if he had his feelings hurt a little bit. Um, you know, your own teammate especially on the offensive side of the ball, the guy who you work so closely with and Jerry Judy saying that, especially when it, it feels to me like Drew Locke put a lot of time into the relationship there. Now it didn't always pay off, but Drew was always talking about how those two were working after practice and trying to get on the same page. And, and when you put that much work into something and then someone's, you know, t- talking about someone else, it, it would be tough. I mean, if your girlfriend, was you know talking about uh brad pitt saying like man it would be awesome to date him i look forward to his decision (laughs) on who he's gonna date next well you'd be you know you'd be a little upset so uh well and and ryan on on top of that specifically with with jerry and drew you know the the there was some moments last year where it seemed like Jerry Judy was very upset, maybe not a hundred percent at Drew, but at the situation of what was going on with the passing game with, of course, Drew Locke being the quarterback, whether it was something he tweeted out, uh, whether it was his, his body language. So this just adds to that. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Drew probably is like a little bit of, Oh, come on, man. I'm still your quarterback right now. Absolutely. So then the entirety of the interview kind of surfaces. Uh, and that's when things got really ugly for, for Jerry Judy. <clears throat> um, just a bad interview. Uh, he, he wasn't very present um, with the hosts. Um, you know, it, it's one of these things where he's promoting something. So he has to do this. And it felt like homework, you know, like that's, that's what, it, that's what, what his attitude came off as. And, I'll get your guys' takes on this first, but man, he was just getting eviscerated on Twitter. Um, and I am very uncomfortable with like the, for lack of a better term, witch hunt that has gone on with Jerry Judy. And it's, it really started why I'm so uncomfortable with it is because it started with him dropping passes. Um, this, if Jerry Judy had 1,100 receiving yards last year and 10 touchdowns. No one would care about this interview. Um, No one would have cared about his social media posts. No one would have cared about any of this stuff, but he started dropping passes, so he fell out of favor with the fan base. And now everything he does is put under this super microscope uh, and little things like this, which to me is really not a big deal. The only thing that I didn't like was the fact that he didn't talk about Drew and the answer of Sean Watson. Um, but other than that, man, it's, this is just a classic 21 year old kid being told he has to do something for a couple hundred bucks and being like, fine, I'll do it. Uh, and it came off bad, but I really don't like this target that's on his back that I truly believe stems from performance. 
Well, Ryan, what what is this target that you're talking about? Because to me, the interview, it's, you know, it it's maybe hurts Drew's feelings in terms of that answer. Uh, and I think Drew will have the right response. And I would understand if Drew's a little upset from that answer. And the interview itself, it was bad. You know, Jerry just wasn't fully there. He wasn't focused on it. And it's just not a good look for him. But I that's that's all it is, Ryan. To me, it's a it's a bad interview. So what targets are being put on him and, and what are people saying besides just it's a bad interview? It sounds like people are taking this and making it something bigger than it is. Yeah, it's you know, Jerry Judy is embarrassing the Broncos with that type of interview. Um, there was, of course, a local media member who slammed him in a column. Um, so it's just like all I can do is just roll my eyes because I just it's like backlash for, for dropping passes. Uh, And I told you, like, I knew this was going to happen. As soon as he dropped a pass in the first game of the season, I was like, Oh God, I can just see the rest of his career flashing before my eyes right now, where I'm constantly defending him because he's a great receiver who drops the ball a couple times. Yeah. You wonder though, if uh, maybe some of this, some of this heat starts from the fact that he was kind of pushing what he was doing so much on social media uh, before he got into training camp last year. And it's like, I think if you, if you come about it quietly, then I think you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. But Jerry Judy, even though he was working hard by putting it out there and, and showing people running, showing people the running of the routes and the workouts and all that, then I think, that sort of changed, changed the dynamic a little bit. There's a, you know, I think there's still an undercurrent, especially among old school type of people that think that a, a player comes into the NFL and he should be seen and not heard for a while until he proves himself. And I think there's that, that there's that undercurrent in the um, NFL culture and that insular culture. There's also that undercurrent among the fans as well. Yeah. And, and people are going to have to get over that because this is a new generation of kids coming in. Um, and Jerry Judy's on like the light side of how online he is, uh, like, you, you know, you've got Juju and, um, oh gosh, what's his name over there with the Steelers? Um, the, the new guy, the, Chase the Claypool. Noted, yeah. Claypool. Chase Claypool. Uh, you know, these guys are on TikTok all the time. That's going to be a new thing that you're going to see in all these guys coming in. And so like, it really is an age of self-promotion um, and I, I, you know, I'm on board for it. If, if you don't promote yourself, no one will. So people I think are going to have to start getting used to that. And this is a compiling of things. I realize it's not just the drops, but that's what, that's what triggered this response in my opinion. And then it was, he had the bad tweets that he deleted. And so then because of, you know, he, he was already out of favor. Then people pounced on him for that. Um, and, and that was a trans, you know, he slipped up there. He shouldn't have done that. Uh, and then this happens and it's like, he's getting attacked again. And it's like, and it's like, well, yeah, he shouldn't have done that. But again, we're talking about a 21 year old kid here. So what I just don't like is every time he makes a mistake, the pitchforks coming out, uh, because in my heart, I feel it comes from, oh, this guy dropped passes and fell out of favor. And now everything he does is going to, you know, elicit a mob. 
So what he has to do, Ryan, and, and unfortunately for you, is I think this is going to to be with Jerry for probably a whole nother year because for, from what I'm taking from you, he's going to have to go a whole season uh, of very good play and be that first-round pick and really eliminate the drops because, I mean, all it takes is one drop in the first two weeks of the season for these pitchforks to come right back out and, and, for, and for people to be upset. It's going to be tough for Jerry to go on social media and make the fan base happy leading up to that. It's going to be tough for him to do another interview and blow the world away because because a good interview at this time of the year is just a good interview. People just, you know, listen, and then they move on with their life. Where a bad interview is when people come out and, and, and we're talking about it and stuff. So I think it's he's just going to have to slowly earn those people back, and it's going to take a while. And you know what? I hate the whole thing of, like, how you have one drop and all of a sudden – you know, it, it means everything. It means that people are coming after you now, kind of uh, he, he put himself out there to kind of be exposed to, to critiques. But I mean, you sit down and look at so many other receivers, especially as rookies, uh, they're dropping passes. You know how many passes Amari Cooper, another Alabama first round receiver, you know what his drop rate was as a rookie? What was it? One every five catchable passes. It was 20%. Jesus. He, now, so he's, he, now he's a $20 million receiver. Exactly. I mean, uh, Julio Jones as a rookie dropped about one every eight and a half passes. Cortland Sutton dropped one every 5.7 catchable passes as a rookie. I mean, this is, guys, as I went back and you, in the story I did on DNV on the DNVR.com about Jerry Judy, I looked at what other Broncos receivers have done and how they've improved. And I also looked at the Alabama receivers from the first round of the last decade, you know, all of them had, a, you know, most of them had at least one drop every nine passes or fewer. So basically that means you're dropping a pass every, you know, every, every, every week, or you're dropping two passes every three weeks over the course of a season. And all of them got better at this. So, I mean, the, the five, I know the five drops in week 16. I mean, that, that was bad. No doubt. I think it got in his head uh, in that game and drop one drop led to another and so on. But this is not something that other guys haven't experienced before when they come in the league Jer- and, and old school people. I'm sure some people are listening right now and saying Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice had a huge drop problem when he came into the league as a rookie back in 1985 and he figured it out. Guys solve this problem all the time when they've got the skill set to do it. And clearly Judy has the skill set to figure this out. It makes you wonder with the Alabama stuff, if, you know, we talk about how easy things are for the quarterback all the time. I wonder if things are just so easy for the the wide receivers out there as well. Uh, You know, the scheme is great. Uh, They're way better than the guys they're going up against. And in the same way that the quarterbacks aren't forced to make many tight window throws, the wide receivers aren't forced to make many tight window catches. Uh, and so maybe, you know, you get to the NFL and the difficulty goes up and you're just put in positions that you weren't very used to in college or high school for that matter. And so it takes them getting used to the fact that there's a, a pattern with Alabama guys makes me think that has something to do with it. Yeah, that that's really interesting. And guys, since we're talking about the drops and rookies, where, where does KJ Hamler fall with this? Because he, I think, was second in the NFL in terms of drop rate behind Jerry Judy. Uh, yet it seems like he is way more in the clear. I mean, is it because of a, a good social media presence? Uh, because, Ryan, it seems like you believe that that 
coupled with, you know, some body language coupled with a a bad interview is what has really brought Jerry down. But it seems like KJ is kind of flying under the radar. Yeah, well, and KJ wasn't the 15th overall pick. Um, And so expectations are a little bit lower for him. But it's 100% the the mix of that and how he's handled it on social media um you know all of that stuff it's it it's totally a perception thing I think there's this perception out there that oh Jerry Judy thinks he's hot stuff and he hasn't done anything yet and there might be something to that but self-confidence is a really important skill to have uh and he, he believes in himself a lot now if he never tweeted the stupid conditioning tweet. And let's say, you know, he, he just had a normal social media presence. And then after week 16, he tweeted something like, I was not good enough today. I will get better. I promise. Like people would have a different response to that. So he does bear some of the responsibility for the emotional response people are having towards these things that he's doing. Uh, and I really think he, he needs someone to trust in his ear telling him how he can get better at this stuff and hopefully he does but unfortunately there's just you know once you fall out of favor with a fan base and it's not just broncos fans this is just sports fans in general then doing the right thing only keeps you at zero where every time you do something wrong you're going the wrong way uh and it's just a hard thing to overcome you know the same thing would could be said of Jawan james um, like Juwan James, if he tweets out like, I don't know, like, go Broncos, like no one's gonna respond, no one's gonna uh, be interested in it. But if he tweets out something bad, he's gonna get crushed for it. Um, and that's just the way things are when when you've fallen out of favor, and he has. And um, you know, you can earn your way back. I think Bryce Callahan is a really good case of a guy who was the butt of every joke when when he was hurt and not playing and then he played and everyone realized oh this is a pro bowl caliber cornerback we really like him well i think with judy we were talking about kind of the offseason heading into the season but i think kind of what exacerbated this was the tweet that he had out there after the chiefs game and then he quickly deleted it mm-hmm. and then turning around a few weeks later and having uh the five drops on top of that it's like okay you're 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 kind of blaming your quarterback here but you're part of the problem, even though it's really a case where you look at Jerry Judy's season and you say, okay, is it the drops? Is it not enough on target passes? Well, it's actually both because among the receivers with at least 50 targets, he's second in drop rate behind KJ Hamler, according to PFF's numbers. Hamler uh, had a drop percentage of 18.9%. Judy was 18.75%. But then in terms of the percentage of passes that were uncatchable that were thrown in his direction, well, Jerry Judy is sitting there and it's 41.8%. And the only guy with a higher percentage with at least 50 targets was AJ Green working mostly with Joe Burrow. And and by the way, it's interesting. We talk about Joe Burrow. We think he had a really good season yet Joe Burrow threw a fair amount of those uncatchable passes to AJ Green. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, Perception is, is everything. Right. Um, what I will say is I think those two things compound on each other. Um, <clears throat> the quarterback can't trust the receivers and the receivers can't trust the quarterback. And that's a bad mix. Uh, and it's something those guys are going to have to get ironed out this off season because, you know, uh, 
unless the Broncos pull off the miracle and bring in Deshaun Watson, I think Drew Locke is very likely to be the starting quarterback for this team next year. So that's something they're going to have to figure out. Because like I said, there's probably a reason Drew Locke didn't throw the ball to Jerry Judy in that Chiefs game. And it might have to do with the fact that it was a big, close game. And he didn't trust him to catch the ball. And there's also a reason why why those guys are dropping those passes. And I think part of the reason is because they don't know where the ball is going to come. So there's blame to go around uh, on this. And it's something that everyone, you know, all three of those guys uh, and beyond, you know, Albert Okuebunam had some drop issues when he was in there as well. So there's a reason why this is happening. And it's up to those guys to get it figured out. And Ryan, you pointed out Bryce Callahan, which is a perfect, perfect example for how Jerry Judy can can get this flipped in terms of the fan base. Uh, and that's just put your head down, grind, stay quiet. Uh, Bryce is not big on social media. He's not big in interviews. You don't have to win the interview. Bryce Callahan's a very respectful guy. I think so is Jerry Judy as well. But Bryce doesn't come out and wow all of us and, and win press conference after press conference. I mean, I think we've talked to him one or two times. Uh, and he's just a quiet, reserved guy. But what he did was he didn't put anything negative out there. And he came out and he just played like a Pro Bowl caliber cornerback. Yeah, and then another thing that someone um, responded to me yesterday was like, well, he didn't do himself any favors uh, tweeting out or posting a highlight reel from the season. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's what what, every player does that. Like, (laughs) there, you know, he just played his, he just completed his first season in the NFL, a lifetime dream. He can't post a highlight reel of the good things he did during the season. Give me a break. (laughs) Oh, man, Ryan, you're going to be getting pissed off by fans for the next year. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. (laughs) All right. Do you think it's kind of generational, though? Because I think there's probably a – I think it's probably kind of an old school, new school kind of mentality. I think the old school uh, thought is, all right, you know, kind of keep your mouth shut, so to speak, until you go out there – and, and prove it. I, th- I think that this is one of those things where not entirely, I know there are people, uh, I know there are probably some younger people who feel like he should, you know, keep quiet. I know there are probably some older people who are okay with him putting the hype video up, but I, I feel like maybe this is just one of those things where you have uh, generations. And as we've seen with the Broncos, you know, the, the generation of guys that were on the Super Bowl 50 team, was a lot different than the generation of guys that followed them. And there was a generational gap, even in that Bronco locker. And we're not talking about like 50 somethings and 40 somethings against 20 somethings. And we're, we're kind of talking about little micro generational gaps that exist on this. So I have right. to ask though, when, when you say that Mace, um, the Super Bowl 50 had a lot of success since mm-hmm. then, not a lot of success. So we're, we're saying how there's two different ways of, of people going about this is one better than the other because of that. Well, I think uh, one of the problems in the Bronco locker room is that the uh, you had a younger generation that had not been around uh, very, around guys like De- like Peyton Manning and Demarcus Ware at least not very much, and so they didn't have the same they they didn't kind of have the, the the same experience as younger guys did. And I think some of the older players from Super Bowl Fifty expected players coming in after them to adapt to what they did. But at the same time, the team was getting younger. It was becoming more of a younger team that needed to coalesce and gel in its own way. And so, I mean, that's why as painful as it's been to say goodbye to some of these older players, 
it could have a long-term benefit in allowing this new generation to finally kind of come together and assert itself, hopefully, in a more normal 2021. Yeah, and, and, you know, you mentioned a difference between the guys who are in Super Bowl 50 and the guys now. I mean, there's a legitimate a legitimate generational gap there. That's the difference yes. between millennials and Gen, and Gen Z. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that people are having a really hard time adjusting to is these are now Gen Z players uh, coming in. Uh, and they're totally different than uh, than the millennials before them and, you know, bef- and, and the people before them. And even I've had to adjust. This is the first time that I've been covering, you know, players who weren't in my generation and they're just different. Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I do think people uh, are going to, there's going to be an adjustment period. Yeah. And when it doesn't work, then you are going to get people that, that look at the social medias and say, why are you doing this? You're getting paid millions of dollars and you're just winning the tweet game and not doing it on the field. And you're right, Ryan, that it is going to be an adjustment for people because that's not going away. By the way, speaking of that, did you see Brett Favre's idiotic quote about Deshaun Watson? Oh. <laughs> yes, so bad. This, this Talk about guy, a generation gap. Yeah, this is the guy who was trying to force himself to Minnesota for a while, right? I mean, right, because they didn't I, draft Jerry Rice, wasn't it? Yeah, it, the uh, or something along. He, I think he asked for a trade early on in his career because they because they didn't draft Jerry Rice, which is it, it funny. No, the Packers. It wouldn't have been draft because Jerry Rice had been in the league for several years before Favre got in there. So it was something else, some other player that he uh, that he wanted to, to be in tandem with. But uh, yeah, it, it's the lack of self awareness sometimes is just it, it's it, it's damning uh, for somebody like Brett Favre and and there there's a guy who, given some of the incidents that he's had would probably be best served by keeping his mouth oh. shut. I mean, I, I, I was talking about the best receiver of all time. It was just the second best receiver of all time. He was upset. They didn't draft Randy Moss. Right. Know, back in 98. <laughs> and that's why he wanted to go to the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. So bad look, Brett, just, just stay, stay on the sidelines now. I mean, you're right. The lack of self-awareness. Like, don't you think about what you did before you open your mouth about things like this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. We're, we keep talking about generations. And like I say, you don't want to uh, you don't want to get too locked into saying everyone in this generation is one way. Everyone in this generation is another way because you've got you. The idiot, the idiot quotient is about the same in every generation. OK, it doesn't it doesn't change over time. The amount of the people who are doing dumb things, the things that are just going to make you want to tear your hair follicles out of your scalp, that ratio, it's the same for Generation X as it is for Generation Z and Millennial and every other micro generation in between. That thing, that hasn't changed ever. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, you're exactly right. <laughs> and speaking of Millennials, guys, well, I'm big time Millennial on the Broncos last night went out and did some things on social media that threw people for a frenzy. Yeah. Uh, Von Miller at one point last night had removed all Broncos related <laughs> photos from his Instagram account. And now Insta- instigate instigate. Yes. Well, number instigate number two for Von Miller, or maybe <laughs> even number three. Uh, if you count what happened a couple weeks ago, um, 
Yeah, so Vaughn removed all Broncos content from his Instagram, which I think rightfully so caused people to panic. You know, that's like a classic thing that players do when they're done. You know, you always see, oh, Deshaun Watson has removed all Texans things from his accounts, and he unfollowed, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, that one wide receiver, Hanson, that used to play for the Broncos. Uh, And, like, so people were freaking out over that, and word must have got to Von Miller that people were freaking out over that because maybe an hour after the whole thing started, Von then switched his account to only Broncos photos, exclusively <laughs> Broncos photos. Uh, I think that was his way of clapping back uh, at the panic and saying, okay, I'll, I'll overcorrect almost sarcastically. Right, exactly. So, I mean, is there anything to make of this? Uh, Because like you said, Deshaun Watson a week ago took away all mentions and photos of him with the Texans, him anything with the Texans. Uh, When Vaughn did that yesterday, do you think anything of it? I did at first, honestly, because uh, more so than Twitter, Instagram sometimes provides a window into what guys are really thinking and feeling. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think you, I think you have to think that because yeah. this isn't Von Miller of a few years ago where his dead cap is ten million dollars more than his cap hit right now. No, we're talking about uh, you know a time where the Broncos could move on from him, a time when the Broncos could ask him to restructure or take a pay cut. And the one time we've heard Von talk about this uh, <laughs> with w- with our friends over at the fan, Stokely and Zach. He was not happy about the question at all. So how, how can how can you seeing this not yeah. just spark that initially? Another another bad interview with a a radio show that uh, uh, what what both the Stokely and Zach show and the uh, the Han and Bart show that with uh, Bart Scott yesterday interviewed J- Jerry Judy. What those shows have in common is that the player who is the co-host of the show is widely perceived as an overachiever in lasting as long as he did in the NFL. Like Bart Scott was undrafted out of Southern Illinois. The guy who, the guy was not supposed to have an 11 year career in the NFL like he did. And so again, it's sort of a a generational thing, but also you have some players who uh, some ex players who look at their own careers and then they see, uh, and they see someone they're talking to, maybe not uh, conforming to their norm. And they're like, what the hell? I, because they tend uh, someone like a, a Stokely or Bart Scott probably uh, uh, is overly flooded with gratitude for being able to play in the NFL for as long as they did. That's a good point. I didn't yeah. realize Bart Scott was undrafted. He was a, he was a heck oh, of a player. Bart Scott's one of the, Bart Scott, I, I said this on the radio, I'll say this here. I think if you're talking about, the top 10 guys of this century who maximize their talent better than anybody. Bart Scott's on that list. Wow. Wow. And, and it took time. I mean, he was a, he was on the bench for three years in Baltimore before he finally got his starting shot. I mean, he, he, he took, even though he made the Ravens as a rookie, this is a guy, he took the long way. He took the hard way to become a starter and play for over a decade in the NFL and so the way he reacted to it, I, I looked at his career experience and I wasn't surprised. I don't, uh, Bart Scott's not somebody who suffers fools or suffers uh, guys who don't, uh, 
uh, fully in his mind, don't fully embrace their opportunity or maximize the skills that they're blessed with. He's probably not saying can't wait to interview Jerry Judy again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although if things are back to normal at this time next year, or whatever normal is and radio row is there, I hope Jerry Judy is circulating around again, just because of, there's a part of me that wants to see Jerry Judy and Bart Scott, the sequel <laughs> to see if both after, sides have grown from it. After Jerry Judy's uh, pro bowl season. <laughs> there you go. Well, there you go. And also well, so, there's another thing with, with that. If this is in person, I don't think Jerry Judy is distracted either. That's yeah. another, that's another thing. It is so easy to give in to distractions when you're on the phone and, uh, and nobody can see you and you can be doing whatever. And, uh, no one, and no one is the wiser as long as you sound like you're engaged in the interview. So if we're talking about this a year from now, whatever Jerry Judy was doing at the time, he's not going to be able to do, uh, when he's having this conversation and maybe it would have worked out, maybe it would have worked out better. Just one of many things that would have been different if not for the pandemic we're all in right now. To circle back to the Von Miller thing. My first reaction when I saw that on Instagram is damn good luck in Houston, Vaughn. <laughs> uh, he uh, found out that the trade is happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. And guys, uh, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of quarterback trades, some news coming out this morning that the Eagles could be close to a trade of Carson Wentz. And I saw something else on Twitter today, and I don't remember who it's from, so I apologize for that. But, guys, the Eagles could be getting a first-round pick plus for Carson Wentz. I mean, the, these, these quarterback prices, I guess it should honestly be unsurprising, but even with the contract, even with the way Carson Wentz played a first round pick plus, and I can't help, but think, are the Broncos in on this? Because we know how much they were in on Matthew Stafford. Is this just the next piece? Every quarterback that's available, the Broncos are going to be in, uh, be on. And man, I put it out on Twitter and uh, people aren't happy about that idea. And especially for a first round pick, I can't blame them. Yeah. I mean, unless this was a Nolan Arenado situation where <laughs> like they're sending Carson Wentz and $50 million. Right. Um, then I'm not very interested. Um, I'll have to say, I actually believe in Carson Wentz ability. Um, I think he can get it back and be a good quarterback in the NFL again. I'm very concerned about his personality. Um, throughout his time in Philadelphia, there were always little whispers here and there um, of locker room issues, of tips players or coaches um and honestly when they were going well I kind of just thought it was all bs and then as you see like oh the the relationship with Doug Peterson is irreparable um oh you know there's players taking shots at him you know through social media and I'm thinking man maybe this guy just isn't all that likable and you kind of need that uh it to, unless you're a fantastic quarterback, you, you do kind of need that like ability to be a quarterback guys. What, what team is he going to 
if it really is a first round pick, because let's say the Broncos were to trade for him, there's no competition with Drew Locke. It, it's Carson Wentz and Carson mm-hmm. Wentz is the starter without a doubt. I mean, just, just what team is taking, I mean, the Colts jumped to mind about who could take him and kind of run with him. Now that Phillip rivers is retired, they don't really have anything. Uh, and if you're investing a first round pick, then he's your guy. It's gotta be the Colts, right? I would think, uh, yeah. Reunite him with Frank Reich. Like that's, if there's a person on earth who thinks Carson Wentz can be a super, a super bowl quarterback, it's, it's gotta be Frank Reich, you know, like in, in those two had a great relationship. So to me, that would be the team where he's just saying like, get me my guy. I had him playing it at an MVP level and let's go to work. Like we'll be right back to where the Eagles were when they made it that super bowl. Yeah, I, I would think so. <laughs> Just the idea of the Broncos, man. I know that gets a lot of people nervous. Oh, I mean, the, the thing about trading it's for exciting. Carson. Yeah, it's exciting. But the thing about trading for Carson Wentz, if you're the Broncos, is if you look at it just from a raw data perspective, it's like, okay, you're literally trading for a guy who was uh, who's was down worse there. Worse than Drew Locke. Yeah, worse than Drew Locke last year. That got, that got benched. I mean – I don't know that, that you could sell it. Now I will say this. If John Elway still had final say, I would, there might be a little bit more buzz about this because they really did like Carson Wentz going into the 2016 draft. But uh, as he said at, at the, at the time of, of the draft, he said he was asked about whether the team considered moving up in 2016 and Elway said, it might've taken four of our drafts. It would have been a little difficult because of course the Broncos are picking at the end of the first round that year, but they yeah. did, they did really like Carson Wentz coming out. The, the biggest roadblock I see here is Vic Fangio. Like how are you going to sell Vic Fangio on a guy who turns the ball over more than drew lock? You're going to, you're going to sell him by saying, uh, yeah, your, your job is safe this year. Yeah. It's safe. And well, yeah, <laughs> good well, luck. The other thing, also, Pat Shermer can can pick up the phone and call his old quarterback Nick Foles. And if he did that, what would Nick Foles say about Carson Wentz? Well, I think that call would actually be him just welcoming Nick Foles yeah. to Denver as the new <laughs> backup quarterback. That, well, it probably would, but I'm saying if he made that call right now, he couldn't make the call welcoming Nick Foles today because of, of, of tampering reasons. But uh, in, in that hypothetical land, what, what would that conversation have been like? That might determine what the Broncos now would think of Carson Wentz. That being said, it is that connection with, uh, with Foles that Shermer has, which is why that I keep, if I have to put, put a guess on who the hedge is going to be, that's my guess. No, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. Um, all right. Great first segment there, boys. And before we move on, uh, shout out to Breckenridge brewery. If you're looking for a vanilla Porter themed meal for Valentine's day this year, they've got you hooked up. Uh, Half-Baked Harvest have teamed up with Breck for Valentine's Day to give you the perfect Valentine's Day dinner. Basically, what they've got here is a creamy brown butter mushroom chicken 
where they used Breck's vanilla porter in the cream sauce to add a richness when paired with buttery mushrooms. You then serve it over fettuccine pasta to complete an easy one-meal skillet dinner. But of course, got to have the dessert. So they come in for the kill with the vanilla porter molten chocolate cake. Uh, if you're like me, your mouth is watering just hearing about this. So head to Breck's Twitter page or Instagram. Check out the link in their bio for the delicious recipes uh, and more ways to include Breck Brew in your Valentine's Day dinner. Check them out. Breck Brews, the official beer of DNVR. I bet I can make your mouth water even more, Ryan. Oh, really? How about this? Vanilla Porter Molten Chocolate Cake next to the creamy brown butter mushroom steak from our oh. friends over at Hassel Cattle Company. Just replace that chicken with steak. And guys, if you order from our friends over at Hassel Cattle Company, you can get that meat in time for Valentine's Day. In fact, if you use that magical code DNVR10, you'll get 10% off your order from Hassel Cattle Company and any order over $200 and you receive free shipping. So if you want to get your lovely significant other a great gift, check them out at Hassel Cattle Company. They're damn good beef. And Hassel Cotta Company is the absolute best source for farm to Wagyu beef in the country. Hassel Cattle Company is a fourth generation cattle farm out of Texas, and they ship all over USA. They call their beef the blue collar Wagyu, Wagyu because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. So make sure to check them out. They have steak. They have New York strip. They have beef bacon. They have Wagyu Franks, and they also have multiple flavors of jerky. So check them out. That's HasselCattleCompany.com. H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Use that promo code DNVR10 for 10% off. Well, boys. Uh, Zach, you're getting ratioed. Oh, I know. It, but hey, it's, <laughs> it's not me. It's just it's showing that people really don't like it. Uh, the oh. idea of Carson Wentz to Denver. Oh, man. I'm glad you took that bullet, not me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was the whole tweet there from... Les Bowen and who uh, is Les Bowen? Les Bowen is a longtime Philadelphia sports writer, and uh, okay. he and he he covered the Flyers for a long time. Moved to the Eagles about a decade ago, and he says, "I've talked to an NFL source, not with the Eagles, who hears a Wentz trade is close, but then he says that isn't firsthand information, but adds this quote: "I do feel the longer we go without Wentz saying something like I'm happy to be an Eagle and excited about playing for Nick Sirianni." The closer we get, ellipsis. And Dan Orlovsky chimed in on that thread and said that he's heard the same. Yeah. Interesting. Um, first of all, I'm, I hate when people do this. Like, it's, this is kind of a scoop, but not really. So don't get mad at me if it doesn't <laughs> right? happen. But if it does happen, I had it first. Right. I totally agree. <laughs> I would say do less, Bowen. Oh, um, <laughs> Of that's course, the old, guys. that's the oldest joke in the book with a guy named Les. It's like back in the WKRP in Cincinnati days with the newsman Les Nessman. More news and Les Nessman. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I like that. Um, all right. Well, of course, on the day that we went long on the first segment, we have a bunch of comments. So we better get get to go on these. The first one's for you, Mace. Okay, hang on. Let me uh, let me find this here. I had my. Uh, I had my, my story on Jerry Judy's drop rate uh, in front of me here. And we'll get started with our friend, The Count, who says, Mace had it correct. And yeah, I love this already. 
A dime's got to have a bit of an arc to it. One could even contend that the more arc, the more dimey the throw. It does have to be perfect, but inherent in the dime is the drop, which required an elevation, rise and fall. Ropes are on a line, zippy and laser-like. And if you thought I forgot about Bum Talk Friday, you are mistaken. Bum Phillips once said about Warren Moon that, quote, he could throw a football through a car wash and not get it wet, unquote. That would be a rope, not a dime, Zach. Love the count. I mean, but what if it, what if it's over his back shoulder? Just perfect the count. I mean, come on. I thought, I thought you were going to have my back count. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and, and then there's the other kind of rope. There's the frozen rope, which I would a, say it's kind of like one? a laser. Mm. I, I'd say laser now is what frozen rope was a while ago. I was Guys, a laser. I, I, Go I got to uh, defer to the people here. And I've been convinced on this um, in the DNVR and Madden League chat mm-hmm. in which they posted a poll. Uh, can a rope, can a throw be both a rope and a dime? 73% of people said yes. A My rope people. can be a dime. My and people, you know what? the Madden League. Uh-huh. There we go, baby. Someone said the sentence like, oh, that was a, that was a dime on a rope. And while I probably wouldn't say that, I think it kind of makes sense. Oh, um, my no, people, no, no. you have That's my fun. heart. You have my heart. Uh, we may have to put this to the broader audience on Twitter here and see what they say. I think 32 is a good sample size. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, 32 is what you and I get for putting a poll up on Twitter in about 20 seconds. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Big big time flex there. What's up? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Casper. Oh, by the way, I totally forgot about the other Broncos Twitter drama of yesterday, which was a random report about Justin Riscotti being promoted to quarterbacks coach. <laughs> yeah, oh. that was very weird. <laughs> Before there was any reporting on Mike Shula, like it was very, very weird. I, I mean – I don't even know how that happens. It was actually, I didn't, normally I would like kind of text or or call to get a question. I got a text in from someone with knowledge before I even had a chance to respond to it that said that just it led with lock and four are wrong and also added the little uh, soundbite that when Mike Shula saw the report, he was watching film and when he saw the report, he laughed. Wow, that is not that would not be my reaction if I read on Twitter that I had been fired. (laughs) Right, I know you must have been very, very confident about that. Like I, I'm very confident in my position. But if I saw on Twitter that I had been fired, like I would definitely freak out a little bit. Yeah, I don't think you would laugh. I wouldn't laugh. Well. Maybe though you're Mike Shula, you're pay if they fire you, you're paid for another year. And the thing, and Mike's, you know, Mike's been around the NFL for the better part of the last 34 years now. I mean, as a player and then as a coach, the, the guy has seen pretty much everything at this point. So I think he's a little bit um, immunized from um, the ups and downs in these of these things. Yeah, I mean, like. Maybe he laughed because he's the one who fed fake information to lock in. <laughs> Maybe he's like, Oh, he bought it. <laughs> yeah. What? Maybe he just has it out for lock in for us. Maybe How it is- was, maybe it was a nervous laugh. Yeah. 
how is Lockhand Four wrong on so many things and still oh, having a prominent position? That's what I want to know. He needs to stay away from Broncos news. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Casper uh, here. I was going to say the the big news yesterday that we didn't talk about. The Broncos hired a new offensive quality control coach, Chris Cook. There right, we well, go. Let let Chris Cook. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> From Casper, fellas, lots of talk in Broncos country about this being a nightmare scenario Super Bowl. Kansas City versus Tom Brady. Anybody that's still in full-on panic mode about either one of them getting another ring, just think of it this way. At the end of the game, one of them will have to suffer through the agony of losing the Super Bowl. I can rest a little easier knowing that they'll come so close only to have it ripped away. How say you? I'm (laughs) I'm down with this, but only for the Chiefs. Like, Tom Brady's been there, done that. He knows what losing Super Bowl's like. He has six wins. He's not going to – it's not going to tear him up if they don't get it done. Uh, Obviously, he's not going to be happy, but it's not going to, like, crush his soul. Um, It could crush Patrick Mahomes' soul, and and I'm in on that. Wow, you guys are some mean people out here. Holy cow. Just just being happy in people's defeat. But I, I agree with you in terms of the, the record and what it means for uh, for each of these quarterbacks. Tom Brady already has four losses in Super yeah. Bowls. So another one, five. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of losses in Super Bowls, but it's not like that is going to put him over the top and make him bad or anything. But Mahomes unblemished in Super Bowls one one and oh so far that goes to one and one okay there there's some uh there's some fodder for people but if if he goes two and oh that's gonna be you know it's gonna be tough until next year if he potentially loses or doesn't make it yeah well I mean who the the quarterbacks that Tom Brady has lost to in the Super Bowl it's uh it's Eli Manning twice and of course uh maybe future Bronco Nick Foles (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man <laughs> right oh so and, and who else that's three that's it that's it they've lost three okay yeah, yeah so it'll be four times if he loses yep yeah if lost. he loses will he how many times so will he have the record for most losses in a super bowl by a quarterback if you if they lose let's see more than john elway lost three yeah. Yeah. Um, Fran Tarkin was a starter for three. Uh, Jim Kelly is uh, it's four for Jim yeah. Kelly. Yeah, so he'll tie Jim and zero wins. Yeah, mm. that's right. Oh my god, <laughs> oh. damn, that is so. I mean, that has to cost you sleep like your whole life. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. yeah. What about, yeah, what about the fact that for Tom Brady in in the la- in the last uh, seven seasons, he's only failed to make the Super Bowl twice. Yeah, getting to the end of his career, he, and he he's only failed twice. Once when the Patriots basically didn't have anything around him, and they collapsed like a house of cards in the wild card round, and once, of course, when his two point conversion pass was tipped and intercepted, allowing the Broncos to go to Super Bowl fifty. I yeah, mean, what's what's fun about that too is if you want to look at it in Peyton Manning's lens, Peyton Manning only missed the Super Bowl twice when he was with the Broncos. I know it's a shorter sample size, but if you want to look at it like that, yeah, true. Uh, anything else on the Super Bowl? Should we should we have a little Super Bowl conversation here? 
boy. What's guys, I gotta, I gotta tell you last week, I was really thinking that the chiefs were going to blow the doors off Tampa Bay. Uh, and I thought it was going to be a double digit victory for the, for the chiefs. But I said, everything has to go Tampa Bay's way in order for them to win. And it seems like most everything now it hasn't been massive things, but most everything has gone their way. So I like this to be a closer game right now. And it's, you know, I've had two rules this season. Don't bet against Tom Brady and don't pick against Patrick Mahomes. And now both of those are up to play. And I, I guess I don't know where to go. Where are you guys leaning for this? I, I, I think the chiefs are going to win in a blowout. Yeah. That's how I was feeling last week. I just, I don't think Tom's going to get blown out. So I'll say, I'll say a close chiefs win. See, well, I'm looking let's put at numbers and, on this while we're here. All right. Well, first of all, I'm picking the Bucks. Okay. Hey. You know you want to sing it. We can't really hear. <laughs> and I've never heard that before. <laughs> oh, come on, come on. It's here's, but here's why the Bucks are gonna win. And it's going to come down to one thing. It's going to come down to the Chiefs being compromised at the tackle position and the Bucks being very strong at the edge rushers. They're going to send at the Chiefs tackles with Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. And then supplementing that with Vita Vea just being an absolute monster on the interior right now. He has emerged as what we expected him to be when he was a first-round pick of the Bucks uh, a few years ago. And... What I think is going to happen is even though I know that there are very few teams that have managed to successfully pressure Patrick Mahomes, the Bucs are going to pressure Patrick Mahomes without having to blitz. And they're going to, and he's going to try to make some throws and he's going to, he's going to drop some dimes in there and he's going to uh, make Bucks fans go crazy. But the pressure is going to on, on a on a, maybe a rainy night in Tampa is going to force a couple of those throws to be just a bit off. You get a tip drill, and the Bucks are, are really good at linebackers and coverage. they got Levante David. They've got Devin White. The secondary is, is making a lot of plays right now. I think you're going to see a tip drill turnover or two that happens that starts with pressure up front. That's going to be the difference, and the Bucks are going to win this game 34 to 31 an all-time Super Bowl that Tampa Bay wins they'll fire the cannons in celebration the first home team in the Super Bowl be the first team to hoist the Lombardi trophy in their home stadium the Buccaneers are going to be world champions for the second time and I guess that means that I have to shut up about all the woes of the Bucs in their history because they'll be two times champs Mace three things three things wrong there uh, cannons won't be shot during, during this game. No, so I said after, after the game, when after, Oh, after, after the game, are they going to shoot them? They're firing them during the game. And uh, I think they'll find a way to fire them after the game. They'll probably fire them for whoever wins just because the novelty of it all. Yeah. <laughs> oh it, it, man. That would be yeah, rough if it's for the chiefs, they should be firing them during the game. They, if, if it's, it, they should lean into the home team Super Bowl. but they're they not fire. I know. They should right. fire the cannons during the game when the Bucks score, and they should raise the red flags around the top of the stadium when they get inside the 20 yard line. They should I do say, that just like a normal game. I say the Buccaneers 
uh, stadium crew should go like this. Double yes. birds to the NFL and say, what are you going to do? Fine us? We don't care. It's a Super Bowl. Fire the damn cannons. I actually, it's funny because my, my daughter loves the cannons and I actually bought her. A sh- I always like buy a shirt that's for the conference champions. That because of that way I say, well, if they don't win, I still have the shirt. The shirt I bought for my daughter. My daughter likes to say fire the cannons. So that's the shirt that she has now. Love it. That's love it. it. Uh, the, the second thing that you were incorrect on is you talk about a Buccaneers Super Bowl win and you don't mention Tom Brady's name once and they put up 34 <laughs> points, Maze. You got to mention Tom Brady's well, name there. If they're bro, winning. Ojo's going off. <laughs> you ass- Well, the, the thing is with Tom Brady at this point, you just assume, right? That's the thing. Tom Brady's going to going to have some big plays. Patrick Mahomes is going to have some big plays. The difference is that I think the Bucs are going to pressure Mahomes into a couple of throws that just that just miss and are picked off. I think what do you have 16 interceptions that were potentially that were dropped over the course of this season? I think he's they're gonna force Mahomes into a couple of throws that end up being in the danger zone, whereas Tom Brady's not gonna have those the same amount of throws in the danger zone. I don't think Tom Brady is going to throw throw three picks the way he did against Green Bay. So there you go. There we go. And uh, Mace, you did get one thing right, though. You got the final score right. 34-31. You got one more thing wrong, though. It's going to be the Chiefs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Man, but the closer we get to this game, Mace, maybe I will be picking the Bucks to flip because I've just been slowly moving closer to the Bucks. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They can pull it out, Zach. Come on. You know you want to. Oh, we'll be we'll be cheering for it. out right now. Now, tell me. Can you that guys guess Can you guys guess what year that was that song was made? 1992. 1987. 1979. Oh, wow. Uh, when the Bucks went from worst to first. They went to, from five and eleven the year before to ten and six, and oh by the way, they clinched the division title in the rain against Kansas City in Week 16, beating them three nothing against Tampa. So I see the potential for rain, and I see history repeating itself. The Bucks, it's not going to be three nothing, but that's part of the why I have the Bucks winning by three points because I believe in patterns in history and things and things that recur over and over again. So I see rain on a Sunday in Tampa in the winter with the chiefs coming in. Ah, it's, it's all lining up guys. Three, nothing would be incredible. <laughs> I, would, I would be, I would, I would love it. Incredible. <laughs> that would be so awesome, but it will never happen. If they have, if they shut out Mahomes. <laughs> oh, uh, can you, can you imagine our comment? Just... Yeah. Imagine our comment section on Monday. See, would be, be you glorious. can shut down the homes. There's hope. There's hope. <laughs> yeah you still think he puts up 31 this is all really fun and uh, i love talking about the chiefs losing um but my score prediction is uh chiefs 38 bucks 17 oh my gosh yeah you weren't kidding about a blowout there i might not be on the podcast monday morning i might be hung over (laughs) (laughs) i don't know you maybe should be hung over if they win 
No, because I want to kind of uh, enjoy the moment, like, and uh, and marinate in it and celebrate it, and uh, and and consider the fact that Tampa Bay, as a market, will be the king of the sports world if the yes. Bucks win. I mean, you can already kind of argue that they are because the Rays made the World Series and the Lightning won, and the Bucks would be in the Super Bowl. But if you've got if if you've got the Stanley Cup and the Lombardi Trophy at the same time. You know what? Maybe maybe the Toronto Raptors will put it together. Toronto Raptors are playing their games in Tampa right now. Wouldn't it be hilarious if the Raptors won their second NBA title in three years because they're be playing wild. in Tampa this season? Yeah, uh, I can almost guarantee that won't happen in the NBA. <laughs> I guarantee, yeah, I, but it would be fun. I mean, that, that, that would be the cherry on the Sunday right there. Well, if you uh, have a prediction for the game, and Zach, we didn't get your score. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. If you have a prediction for the game and you want to profit on that prediction, you can take it over to DraftKings Sportsbook, where they are forced to call this the big game, which is one of the dumbest things in sports. (laughs) Uh, So they say the 55th big game is this weekend, 55, a game that deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. To finish off the football season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players a no-brainer offer. That's all players, not just new players. Celebrate football's finale DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game that's right all it takes is one touchdown to be scored Sunday night and boom your money is doubled it sounds like a no-brainer so maybe we aren't rooting for a 3-0 game after all (laughs) Uh, as if this game wasn't enough reason to party with double the cash you'll be celebrating until next season don't forget about DraftKings big game prediction challenge with up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs and instant prizes for everyone who enters the contest. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing about uh, big paydays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored on Sunday. That's promo code DNVR for a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the quote-unquote big game. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Guys, um, Mace and I – sorry, Ryan. Mace and I easily, easily have the over in the big game on Sunday. Ryan, you're one point under. According to DraftKings Sportsbook, the odds – or the, the over-under is at 56. You're coming in at 55. Wow, interesting. I didn't even look at that, but I do like when my score predictions hover around the total because they're very good at setting those. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, can we just talk about this stupid big game thing? Oh. The NFL needs to let that go. It is. That is absolutely absurd. It is so stupid. I mean, we we, we might as well not even be calling it the NFL. We, we might have, have to just call it like, you know, the professional – yeah, the professional football league out in uh, the the United States of America. It's so freaking stupid. This is actually one of the rare instances where I wish there was a corporate sponsor on there. If it were the Super Bowl brought to you by Pepsi to or, or the Pepsi Super Bowl, kind of like uh, you see the sponsors for bowl games. Uh, if it were the Pepsi Super Bowl, they would have no problem with people saying it because you began a sponsor name in there. So to allow us to say Super Bowl, go back and, you know, actually go and get a corporate sponsor. Just, I surrender. I give, I, I give up, make it the, the zoom Super Bowl or the, 
or the Breckenridge Brewery Super Bowl? Well, they they already they already they already do that with the the Pepsi halftime Super Bowl show. So I mean, they they already do that. They they just want it to be even more exclusive and and sell even more. I mean, the thing. What Mace? Would you be okay with it if they called it the Pepsi Bowl? I'd I'd be fine with it. Super out of it. Yeah, just call it the 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 Pepsi Bowl, and just imagine the possibilities that. uh, at Super Bowl part at Super Bowl parties or Pepsi Bowl parties, they would encourage people to have big bowls of Pepsi just sitting there in the middle of their party. A bowl of Pepsi that would be something else. And then you just kind of you, you, you well, I'm not <laughs> sure this works in the COVID age. I was gonna say you just dunk your 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 glass in and. You know. <laughs> well, at least you said a bowl of Pepsi at a party and not a bowl of Coke at a party. <laughs> Or maybe, maybe guys, in, in a couple of years, it's going to be the uh, the Denver Pepsi's facing off against the Tampa Bay Cokes in uh, in the the Zoom oh. the Zoom Bowl. No, it would be the it would be the Denver Breck Brews against the the the, the Tampa Cigar City Brews because Coke's going to be uh, Atlanta if we're doing that. There is we go. I like Tam- that. Wait, is Tampa known as Cigar City? Yes. And and oh God, and that is a, a sweet nickname. A, pre, a prominent brewery down there is Cigar City Brewing. You get so your Cuban you cigars cigar? in Tampa, and you get what? your Cuban sandwiches. Yeah. Are you going to have a celebratory cigar if they win? No, because it's a long story. But I've I've never smoked, and uh, I don't intend to start. I have I have too many relatives that died way too young because they smoked like chimneys. Because on my dad's side of the family, there are generations of tobacco farmers in North Carolina. Mm. So kind of well, smoking good part of the culture. Makes. So I, I experienced uh, being in very smoky rooms when I was a kid. And it's like the one thing that I just, I just can't do no matter what. I like it. No need. Yeah. Celebra- um, celebratory Breck brew. Yes. That, that's, that's the spirit of celebratory Breck brew to, uh, uh, to marinate in the Buccaneers being world champions for the second time. And guys, speaking of big games, before we go any further, if you want some big games of rugby, boy, there's no better place to check them out than Infinity Park in Glendale, right in our backyard. And man, once we can start going to games, rugby games are such a blast to go to. And Infinity Park is the best place to go. And it's also the National Training Center for Rugby here in the United States. So make sure to check out all of our coverage of rugby, because even though games aren't going on right now, we still have an awesome awesome coverage of rugby with the DNVR rugby podcast comes out weekly. Make sure to subscribe. That really helps out our reporter Colton Strickler. Make sure to check him out on Twitter at DNVR rugby. And of course, Colton Strickler's Twitter as well. And just get in because he's, he's not only teaching you what's going on right now in rugby in America, he's teaching you everything you need to know about the game. He's also got exclusive interviews with athletes and coaches as he has the best inside information. So make sure to check us out DNVR rugby. All right, let's move on here. We just did about a 30-minute question there. We've got work to do. Uh, from Schweed, hey, Kings. To bring more to the account's point about dimes, if any of you guys have ever visited a gun range or done target shooting, people use coins to gauge accuracy. If you shoot a dime, that means every bullet you shot was within the circumference of a dime. I think the term dime basically means that the passes are accurate and steady no matter the distance. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. I, I did not know where that term came from seems dangerous to be shooting metal because then it could, could bounce backwards. 
It did. That actually happened to a fraternity brother of mine. He was, he shot something in a forest and it happened to hit metal bounce back into his eye. He's blind in one eye now. Oh my God. Can, can you believe the odds of that? What did it hit in the forest? I don't even, I don't even know a metal plate somewhere. Jeez. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that really is. So, yeah, that that's a good point right there. Don't be shooting dimes. Oh, man. That, after that, anything. <laughs> after that joyful story, we'll move on to Saltley Butler coming in. He says, "Hey, boys, I believe Sean Payton would be very comfortable giving up three for." Or I think he means. I think he means. He said, "Sean." I think he says George Payton will be very comfortable giving up three first, a, a couple players, and even three seconds for Watson. What have the Vikings been known for in the past decade? Drafting quality players throughout the draft, even in the lower rounds. Maybe it's hopeful thinking, but what are your thoughts on what Payton could do in future drafts if we? land Watson what are the Vikings known for in the last decade to me they're known for trying to uh, uh, duct tape and bailing wire the quarterback position uh, trying any solution when plan a didn't work they've always been kind of a let's figure out plan b and c but um, I think we, we talked about this a little bit earlier this week Zach that George Payton is very is very fond of trading down he mentioned at his first press conference uh, after taking the job that uh, he likes to have, you know, more picks and you figure the more picks you have, the more chances of, of finding a guy that you like. So if they did trade from the top of the draft, even though you may have a couple of drafts where their first pick is in the third round, guys, I could see George Payton trying to turn that third rounder into a couple of fourth rounders and trading down to just to accumulate a volume of picks. If he doesn't have, a lot of picks at the top of the draft. Yeah. And that's why this, you know, would go against what George Payton has done in the past. You do kind of have to go out on a limb saying he would trade uh, his lifeblood of draft picks away in order to get Deshaun. But then, yeah, I think you're right, Mace. I think he would do some trading, more trading in order to get more picks. Just do it. Just do it. I agree. I agree. The Chad chiming in. Gentlemen, before all the Deshaun Watson talk, I used to fantasize about Denver getting Trevor Lawrence. And now with Deshaun becoming available, could there be hope of Trevor Lawrence ending no. up in Denver? <laughs> what What are your thoughts about a three-way trade with Jacksonville and Houston? Denver sends a first-round pick in 2021, a second-round pick in 2021, a third-round pick in 2021, and a first, second, and third in 2022, plus Drew Locke, Bradley Chum, Tip Patrick, Draymond Jones to Houston. Houston sends Deshaun Watson to Jacksonville and the Broncos get the number one overall pick and select Trevor Lawrence. If not this package, what would it take for Denver to move up to number one overall? Please explain to me why they, the uh, Texans wouldn't just trade Deshaun Watson to Jacksonville for the number one overall pick if that was an option. Great question. I would, I, in case they were just pick friendly and they wanted the George Payton route. But yeah, yeah. no, I think, uh, yeah, I think they just trade number one for Deshaun. I, I think maybe the only thing here is that uh, Jacksonville wouldn't want to see Trevor Lawrence in their division. But Houston would be keeping Deshaun Watson in its division. That's why I can't imagine this deal happening. I, I don't think there's any way with the demand for Deshaun Watson that Houston would willingly say, yeah, we're going to keep him in the AFC South and see him twice a year. I love the creativity, and, and for me, though. Yeah. 
for me, I'd rather have Deshaun Watson than Trevor Lawrence. So I wouldn't even make this deal if I could make that deal with Houston. You crazy. Okay. You're not crazy. I mean, I totally get where you're coming from. <laughs> but at the same time, if you have Trevor Lawrence, you have the cost controlled quarterback drink and you can keep the team together around him. How much is Deshaun Watson getting paid? He's like $30 million a year. Yeah, but uh, th- yeah. this year it's only 10.45 million. Right, right. So, but just in terms yeah. of salary, I'd rather have Trevor yeah. Lawrence and uh, I'd pay him $30 million this year than Deshaun. I just think Trevor oh, is wow. supposed to be that good. So the cost control <laughs> part is a nice bonus for me. Who has the better career, Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm asking you, Zach. I thought you were going to say Deshaun Watson. No, um, no. It's good. They're both going to have Hall of Fame careers. Oh, come so it doesn't, on. Oh, it okay. doesn't really matter, because, guys. Because uh, as the BG saying, how deep is your love? I want to know how deep Zach Stevens's love is for Mac Jones. You know, we're, we're taking Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick, okay? Hey, because we're living in a league of fools. <laughs> um, but I said, tra- I said Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I know. I was just quoting the song. My boys, I hope y'all are doing great today. It was so exciting, but I completely agree with Ryan when he said, this sets us up to be mad if we don't get Deshaun. I think all of Broncos country would be mad if Deshaun isn't traded here. But I don't agree with something you said yesterday. I don't think we named the stadium after Kareem if Deshaun comes to Denver. I think we named the city after him. (laughs) Kareem, Colorado has a nice ring to it. It honestly does. Of course, I'm only joking, kind of, but you get the idea. I also (laughs) want to say that you guys are the best. Regarding the website thing, I know that eventually it was back up, but you guys are such kind people. A lot of podcasters would just carry on and not care about what we had to say if they weren't able to read our comments. You guys are also the prob- probably the only podcast I've ever listened to that reads the comments every day. It's incredible to feel that my voice matters and you enjoy hearing what we all have to say. And then you guys had a plan and that may have inconvenienced you guys to do an episode that would probably take a really long time just to read all of our comments. It's so clear how much you guys care about your fans. I think I can speak for the whole DNVR family when I say thank you. We all really appreciate and love you all. But let's get into today's questions. Well, first of all, uh, it means a lot to hear that type of stuff. And, and we do. We really want to hear your guys' voice every single day on the pod. And, and it's been a staple uh, of this pod for a long time. And one of the reasons why, you know, uh, we've become the number one uh, Broncos podcast in the world. So it, it's a team effort here. Pretty cool to say. And yeah, it's it's because of you guys and Sebastian that just made my weekend. Thank you so much. Although I'm thinking, yeah, I, I love I love this comment. I love every aspect of it. But I, I was thinking about this. What is the worst name for a suburb in the Denver area? Kareem, Colorado. Stapleton. <laughs> well, that's not that doesn't neighborhood. I'm saying like like uh, what's the like what's the worst name? Is it uh Kremling? Is it Highlands Ranch? Is it Ken Carroll? Is it um... that one kind of sucks? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know who that guy is. Yeah, let's, okay, <laughs> then let's just drop Ken Carroll and we're gonna make it Kareem, Colorado. Yeah, because Denver's Colorado a cool name. Is yeah, De- sick. yeah, Denver is a cool name. I don't want to change it, but I'm like, there's some of these suburban names that could just go. Would we Wait, have to change if, from DMVR yeah. to K R E M? Yeah, no, just K R M. K A R M. No, just KRM, right? Yeah. You drop. Oh, are we only? Are we dropping the uh, the vowels we're, or just the e's? We're dropping well, I, the vowels. I, I like the four letter call name. Karm is what we would be. Karm. Karma. <laughs> there we go. Also, uh, we have crossed six hundred iTunes reviews, uh, which is pretty damn cool. If you just look at you know any of the podcasts you listen to, 
there are very few that have over 500. For us to clear 600 means a lot, but all it means is that the road to 700 has begun. <laughs> Only 97 more. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes, we would really, really appreciate it. Um, they mean a lot for us. They help us remain the number one Broncos podcast in the world. So uh, please do that, and let's get to 700. All right, he goes on. First one's quick. I was wondering what the badge is under my name when I comment. I didn't have it when I first started commenting, so I'm just wondering. Ah, the old mystery badge. We really have no idea what causes it. <laughs> no, we, we've actually badged you. It's like a knighthood, but uh, it's a badge hood here. Yes, of course. I think it's something about, like, if you my, – my guess was, like, if you had the top comment of the day because you can, like, give these upvotes or downvotes on here, I think you get it. But now, like, everyone has it. I don't know. It's very confusing. Well, the Chad doesn't have it, so I think it is. If you have a top comment uh, rated of any day, then you get the badge for life. Wow, throwing the Chad under the bus like that. We love you, the Chad. Come on, the Chad. Better comments. Chop, chop. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The second question is if we have a scenario where we get Watson and give up a couple of first couple of seconds, Bradley Chubb and Justin Simmons, what do you think our record is? I think we go 11-5 and being the fifth or sixth seed in the playoffs. What do you guys think the best case is for this situation? It's divisional, AFC championship, or maybe even the Super Bowl. I don't know. I love dreaming about this stuff. Let me know what y'all think. Thanks for everything. Much love, Sebastian. I think the Broncos, 11-5 and is a good guess. I'll be even more bullish. I'll say they go 12 and four. Um, They don't win the division, unfortunately. Um, And then they make it to the AFCG championship. Wow. Love it. Just the first year, 2021. Yep. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm going to say a a double digit win season, 10 and six. Um, And what's important to remember here is that this is a play for the short term. It helps the Broncos in the short term. It also helps them in, in the long term as well. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, they're competing for Super Bowls during Deshaun Watson's time. All right. I'm going to – first of all, I'm going to guess there's 17 games this year. So, because I couldn't decide between 10 and 6 and 11 and 5. No problem. I'm going to split the difference. They're going to go 11 and 6 if they make this trade for Deshaun Watson. And – I think they will win a playoff game. I think they, they win the first round. They would lose in the divisional round to probably Kansas City, kind of like the Texans did a couple back in um, back last season uh, when the Texans took a big lead and then Kansas City came back. So that's what I, that's where I think they end up. And I I think it probably will take a couple a couple of years of pounding on the door of winning to AFC West before the Broncos with Deshaun Watts would finally kick it in and get a division title that would allow them to start the playoffs at home. Guys, I just got a, uh, a spam call from Hudson, Colorado. So I think that's uh, that that'll be Kareem Colorado for us. Can't wait. <laughs> Next one coming in from Steve is the worst. My boys, my apologies, but you did not get, but you did not desert or but you did not get deserved clarification on the whole celebrity thing. And my stupor stupor of excitement of hoping the comment came through. I forgot to mention it was celebrities. I thought you guys looked like based on your voice before I saw your face. Just wanted to clear that up. Thanks y'all. The worst Steve. All right. So Ryan looks like, who was it again? I could not tell you. Oh, Patrick Wilson, I believe. Yeah. So Uh, you look like him through your voice. Okay. <laughs> oh, he goes on and says, also, I find it hilarious. I like the way he looked that much. 
<laughs> he goes on and says, also, I find it hilarious that I had no idea Mace was a Bucks fan until recently. I'm pretty sure the hints were there, but if they didn't go to the Super Bowl, I probably still wouldn't know to this day. Hope they can pull it off. The worst DPS go Bucks. Anyone in Broncos country that says otherwise is bonkers. <laughs> exactly my point. I've been trying to tell you how, how can anyone in Broncos country cheer for the Chiefs? Can't. Good conscience. Unless can't you're it. unless you're a secretive Chiefs fan, then you can't. Yeah. Next one from asking for a friend. TLDR. It's the off season. TLDRs need not apply. Wow. If he, he goes on and says, if you give up most of the farm, my friend says the Broncos are the team to still have success afterwards. Vic has shown what kind of defense he can build without top tier talent. One at least as good as the Chiefs. And if the Broncos retain their young offensive players, you'd have an offense comparable to Kansas City as well. Then Peyton has a history of accumulating draft picks and capitalizing on later round picks. The only potential issue I see is that it's unprecedented if the current OC and scheme will become a top five offense. I could see this is fairly easy to obtain if Pat fails because Watson would be the ultimate selling piece. My friend's heart is starting to fall for Watson yet feels like Denver is a girl on the bachelor hoping that he will want us to. <laughs> so maybe what we should have is uh, there needs to be an illustration of Deshaun Watson holding roses and, and, and have, maybe he got the final rose and, uh, hands it to the Denver Broncos. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> oh man. We, we, we should honestly just start a uh, bachelor series right now with Deshaun Watson. We'll probably know by the end of that series. I mean, probably a couple months away and we'll know. Yeah, of course. I mean, the thing is, you know, you have Jack Easterby who can step in and intervene and change the choice at any time. The other thing that asking for a friend mentions, and I think it's a really good point is you're counting on if you bring in Deshaun Watson and you sacrifice talent on the defensive side, you are counting on Vic Fangio's defensive mastermind being able to scheme what he has into an average defense. If Deshaun Watson brought in what you expected him to bring as the quarterback with the targets around him, you would, I think it'd be fair to expect a top five offense. And if you have that, your defense needs to only be average for you to have a winning equation. Exactly. Exactly. The, the formula of this team would flip instantly from defense to offense. Right. Next one's oh. from low country Bronco who says, Ryan, I laughed out loud when you said going from Watson to Mac Jones was like throwing cold water on a flame. TBH. I agree, but don't get it twisted. I'm a hundred percent team Deshaun. Uh, I'm trying to give myself a rookie out Mac and a hedge out Mariota so that I don't get into a blind rage when you don't get to Sean. After hearing yesterday's pod, I'm with Ryan. Now I'm officially invested and can ultimately be pretty bad. Peyton screws the pooch on the Watson deal. If the Raiders were to win Watson over the Broncos, then go ahead and get a new GM before the season starts. LOL JK, but kind of serious. <laughs> yeah, it would be bad news bears. It would be mm. bad news Broncos. My advice um on this is much like financial advice. Don't invest more than you're willing to lose. Uh <laughs> don't don't emotionally invest more than you're willing to lose because it still is a long shot. DraftKings still has it at 10 to 1 odds for the Broncos to get Sean Watson. That's a 10% chance, which means there is a chance but it's not a likely chance. So just be careful with your emotional investment into this. But I will say if Deshaun Watson goes to the Raiders, I would bet 
any amount of money that George Payton doesn't get a second contract with the Broncos. And I would not bet. I would not take that bet <laughs> with you. I think you're right on that. Uh, and th- this is hope. You know, I think we all need a little bit of hope right now. So that's what this Deshaun Watson news. It's some hope. It's some light at the end of the tunnel. It's some fun right now. Yeah. Rebellions were built on hope. <laughs> <laughs> an old quote of ours yes next one from bumpy buffalo guys let's say that the crazy talks go in a different direction let's say vegas gets watson who do you need to get with a relative possibility of it happening for a chance to compete for the division and how would you make it happen cheers p.s i'm actually going close to uh, on designing a bowl that will dispense milk into cereal as you go i'll have an interlocking two chamber system that is motion activated when activated a portion of each chamber will dispense into a small reserve creating the perfect ratio of milk to cereal will send mock-up once i get it done holy smokes i mean this is a guy after our own heart this is the coolest thing ever yeah. <laughs> who would have thought a two-chamber bowl all right it just won't work with uh grape nuts no but <laughs> will it work with fruity pebbles but that's what my daughter wants to know and i would actually volunteer our house to be a test house for this product because if it passes the charlotte exam she eats cereal every morning. She's a cereal. She's a cereal enthusiast, like a lot of kids are. If it passes she's a her cereal, test, cereal eater. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, fruity pebbles, cinnamon toast crunch. You know, oh, it ba- you know. Yeah, she she lo- lo- frosted flakes is is a re- regular now. She has her rotation. So if it passes her testing, she's very finicky about the milk in there. Passes her test, then I think you got a winner. As long as anyone doesn't pour the milk before the cereal, I'm cool with them. You can't do that. You can't do that. That should be a, <laughs> that should be a, a punishable by jail time. <laughs> um, I'm excited to try this out. He said he'll send us a mock-up when he gets it done, so we'll, we'll be able to test it. Way too cool. Way too cool. Next. Oh, and uh, so how would the Broncos get a quarterback that could keep them afloat if the Raiders get Deshaun? And who is it? Yeah, I mean, I guess you like for me, you're probably taking a chance on Zach Wilson, um, just as like a, a a really high upside. You're obviously not getting um, um, Trevor Lawrence, and you're probably not getting whoever goes number two, and that could be Wilson. Um, but to me, he's the one that if, if he really hits, he's going to be really exciting, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the my question is. What's the best quarterback division in history? Like, has a has a division ever had four good quarterbacks all at the same time? It feels like there's like a a magnetic force in the universe that doesn't allow this to happen. <laughs> Wouldn't I mean, the it be closest, the, the yeah. South? The closest was the NFC South, with uh, when it when it had Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, and, and uh, Jameis Winston. Yeah, but Jameis was a bust. Exactly. That's why I say the closest. I mean, there's yeah. all there's always somebody who's uh, who's kind of bringing up the the caboose. I'm trying to think. How Should about that, this? Wait, wait. What? What? This? I mean, there's no Hall of Famers here, but uh, you had a moment where the AFC West was Jake Plummer, Drew Brees, um, Rich Gannon. And um, Trent Green and Trent Green, and yeah. but the yeah. problem was that that moment would have been 03. Rich Gannon struggled that year after the, the Raiders went to the Super Bowl, and Drew Brees 
was shaky and Doug Flutie played for a time that year. So those are all names that accomplished something. But at that moment, it was it was just okay. Trent, I mean, really, that year, if you rank the quarterback, she would have gone Trent Green, Jake Plummer, Drew Brees, Rich Gannon. How about yeah, how about this guys? Possible. How about this guys? You obviously have Mahomes and Herbert. The Raiders unfortunately land Deshaun Watson, and it, Green Bay doesn't take a skill position player in the first round. Aaron Rodgers demands out. The Broncos swoop in after not getting anyone in the draft or in free agency, and then you have Aaron Rodgers in the division to round it out. I mean, like that division itself could just be its own league. Like it would be that entertaining. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, primetime games left and right for the AFC West. Yep. Wait, the other one I actually was thinking of. Oh great, never mind. 2013, the AFC West had Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers, and Alex Smith but then had Terrell Pryor getting a majority of the starts in Oakland. <laughs> Terrell Pryor. Wow. Yeah. Not even a quarterback for most of his career. Yeah. You that see brings the, it down. There's always, I mean, you start going, you start going through some of the possibilities and there's always one that brings it down. Right. Oh, and it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you don't know who it is, it's you. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to say guys, this, this would be bad. This is a bad hole to go down. If the Raiders get to Sean, because That's what I mean, could, could mm-hmm. be the Broncos. Like the fourth team is always just cursed. Yeah. Oh, yikes. Or how about the Oh nine NFC North? You had Brett Favre in Minnesota, Aaron Rodgers in green Bay. You had Jay Cutler in Chicago. And then you had, here's the key. You had a rookie Matthew Stafford in Detroit. Not yeah, that's Matthew, Matthew Stafford as a rookie was bad. Bad. Yep. Oh. But again, again, that's what I mean. You've always someone's always bringing up the rear at that moment, even though they may have a big name at quarterback and Stafford turned into a big name. I mean, if now if you went by, if you said, okay, we got the peak years of all these guys, that's as good a group as there's been. But I think you yeah. got to start with two Hall of Famers, and and that one does. So that yeah. that's that's pretty impressive. Pretty close, yeah. I mean, that could be like if the Raiders got Sean Watson, please no. Um, <laughs> then if the Broncos drafted a quarterback, a Trey Lance, for example, mm-hmm. we could look back on it one day and say, oh, it was kind of like that because you know Trey Lance wasn't quite there yet, but he eventually got there. It's weird though. It's it's like there's there's a something that stops it from happening uh, where all four teams in the division have a great quarterback. Seriously. All right. From CU drew he says, fellas, I'm a little confused about the Raiders versus Broncos trade war. You've been talking about the last few days. If you're already pontificating about the mini school chance, the Broncos have for trading for Watson. Doesn't Watson have a trade uh, say in the trade because of his trade clause? Yes. For example, in a hypothetical situation, why would a trade war commence between the Broncos and the Raiders? If the, if Watson says he does not want to join the hapless Chucky led Raiders, well, he wouldn't say that. Uh, and there's actually some reporting out there that he really likes Gruden. Yeah. And if he did though, you're absolutely right. See you drew 77. Then the trade war would be over because the Raiders wouldn't be in it anymore. But I do think that there's enough momentum behind the Raiders, unfortunately to keep them in it. Yeah. My assumption is that D Watson in his own best interest would like to join a team that has, doesn't have to go crazy to land him. While I hope that Jackson can push uh, 
Watson towards the Broncos, the best option he has to win a Super Bowl or two or three is the Broncos. Why would he choose any other team? There's only one team committed to championships amongst his presumable top three, and that's the Broncos. Ownership be damned. Long question short, if D. Watson doesn't want to join the Raiders based on his own no-trade clause, and he decides to join the Broncos, what will it cost? In my opinion, three firsts, two seconds, Drew Locke, Bradley Chubb, and Justin Simmons seems like a fair trade for an elusive elite quarterback. Y'all are the best Broncos commentators there is, and I love DNVR. What say you? Thanks, Kenny. All, all right. I had to look up and see what did what has John Gruden said about Deshaun Watson. And this is what he said. This was in as recently as 2019. Quote, you're a miserable human being if you don't like this kid. The room <laughs> lights up when he walks in. He's charismatic. You love where he came from. You love how hard he's worked to get to where he is. And he's never lost his family and where he came from. And then added, he's throwing the ball better than I've ever seen him throw it. And he's still a real threat to run. They can be created with a playbook because of his skill set. And he can go back, I think, somewhere in the archives on YouTube. You can find Deshaun Watson in John Gruden's QB camp leading into the 2017 draft. I think there's a lot of fondness between these two guys. I, I do not think Deshaun Watson would have any problem playing for John Gruden. And frankly, I think John Gruden looks at Deshaun Watson and sees the guy who could finally be the intellectual and physical extension of himself on the field. I mean, that, that's what John Gruden's always been looking for. He's always been trying to find that guy who could basically take everything in his mind and put it into practice on the field. It takes someone special, and I think Deshaun. Wa- I think he might see Deshaun Watson as that guy who can actually take all these ideas in his head and put them in, into fruition beautifully on the field. Boy, that's scary! All the ideas in John Gruden's head and, and put them out there. Um, he's a no. he's a mad scientist, guys. You know that. What I'll also say is that uh, Clemson is a farm system for the Raiders, so <laughs> he has a yeah. lot of teammates there. Yeah, that's really it's it's really true. Yeah, I unfortunately I do think and now we also heard like like Mason and I talked about earlier this week, we also heard that the Raiders uh getting a lot of interest for Derek Carr. I don't think they let that get out unless they're uh, you know, trying to build that interest up in order to get some draft capital in order to get Deshaun Watson. And and also an interesting thing, uh former Bronco, former CU buff Mike Prickshire, who now is on the Raiders radio station out there and uh it's pretty plugged in on things. Talked with him a couple of days ago, and uh, he said that the, he gets the sense that the Raiders believe that Derek Carr is peaked. And this is one reason why they may be looking in another direction. Yeah. Pretty crazy because he was balling the first half of last season. Oh, yeah. And then it, it just all went to dust. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Next one coming in from Mike1809. K-Jack, let's go! My hopes are officially up. Also, let's go Bucks. That's all for now. Happy Friday, my dudes. Great comment. Nice short to the point. Next one's from Jason17. <laughs> Happy Friday, guys. Mace, I loved your article about Jerry Judy by the numbers. I can't wait for next year when Judy proves the doubters and haters wrong and absolutely goes off. Hopefully, the quarterback play improves and his rate of catchable targets improves with it. Assuming Locke is the quarterback, although hoping Watson is. What do you guys think a realistic end-of-the-season stat line is for Judy? 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns realistic? Do you guys think Sutton or Judy is being – or Judy that is being covered by the – oh, is it Sutton or Judy being covered by the number one corner next year? Thanks for the pod and enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend. Go Bucks. I'd say Sutton's going to get the number one corner at least yeah. early. And yeah. I think that and as we've, we've seen and, and learned, there's no indication Cortland Sutton won't be a hundred percent when the season starts. 
That's where it sort of helps that you had the injury early in the 2020 season and not later. He's basically been rehabbing for the last few months. So I think Sutton gets number one corner. I would not be surprised if Judy hits those numbers. Some, But again, it's going to depend on the quarterback. It's going to depend on the offense. It's going to depend how well every, every aspect of it is flowing. Because if the offense is struggling, there's only so many passes, so many opportunities to, to and so many footballs to go around. And Drew Locke is simply going to have to be more accurate. Yeah, uh, I, I'll put the number for Judy at a thousand yards and five touchdowns. If he hits that, that is a extremely successful season, uh, and and I think everyone would have to be happy with that. Yep, the, and I think he can hit twelve hundred, but I think we want to set our expectations not so high because we set the expectations very high, and when he had to, when he didn't meet those, we saw a lot of people get upset about that. Even though eight hundred and fifty yards was still a good season, a thousand yards is where the expectations should be next year. He can and should be a thousand yard receiver. Yep, mm-hmm. from Levatsky, the OG MVP. Hey guys, long time since commenting. To start off, I feel like we need a Pat Bullen quote. Quote: I want us to be number one at everything. If the Broncos organization is trying to live up to Pat's standards, then Watson should be the only decision that needs to be made to get the team on track. I've been a huge supporter of Locke. But realistically, do we think he can be a top five quarterback? That probably isn't going to happen. With Watson hitting the market, this should be a sign to Peyton that he needs to do whatever it takes to make this happen. The goal of the team should be to find some way of beating the Chiefs, uh, and no option out there would be able to do that besides getting Watson. Can you make an argument otherwise? Thanks, as always, the OG MVP. You know what? I wouldn't say it's the only path, uh, but I would agree with the fact that Drew Locke probably won't become a top five quarterback. I think even in in a very great scenario, I'm not going to say best case because in a best case scenario, I think he could, but no one reaches the best case scenario. I think in in a great scenario for Drew Locke, top 10, right around top 10 quarterback would be uh, the place for him. Um, but yeah, I think there's plenty of paths to eventually beating the Chiefs. This is just the fastest one. Okay, exactly. it's the if, fastest if one top, and the most sure one. Yeah, but if Locke's top ten, I mean, what is Deshaun Watson already? Top five? Top five. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's and that's kind of the thing. I mean, top top ten, you can have some. You know, you can kind of be on the fringe. You know, Matthew Stafford has been a top ten quarterback some years. He's been mid teens other years if you're ranking him. The other thing, anytime Derek anyone brings, yeah. Anytime anyone brings up the name Pat Bowen, I think, okay, what would Pat Bowen do? Let me ask you guys this. Would you trade a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a sixth-round pick for a 32-year-old left tackle who is very good but still is getting up there in age? Uh, If it was the last piece, yeah. Pat Bowen sent first – Fifth, sec, first, second, and fifth round picks to Minnesota for Gary Zimmerman back in 1993. Mm-hmm. And that, that was a bold move at the time. And in the end, it was one of the biggest reasons why the Broncos end up become ending it, end up winning a Super Bowl. Zim was a huge part of that. Had that second phase of his career where he was terrific, even though he was getting older, and cemented his place in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, you say, what would Pat Bowen do? Pat Bowen would be picking up the phone and Pat Bowen would would want to make a deal, even one that was considered audacious, because a one, a two, and a six for a thirty-something left tackle, as great as Zim was, that was an audacious deal too. Yeah, and Pat Bowen would be looking at this and saying, "We can't do this any longer. We can't keep being mediocre." And I have an opportunity here mm-hmm. to get us out of the depths 
with the snap of my fingers. Yep. Uh, and he would do it, in my opinion. He would. That's why it's so obvious, because he's 25 years old. You do this. If, uh, up Upwards of 15 years in orange and blue. Uh, potentially, if he's on Tom Brady's timeline, 18 to 20 years as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I draw the line at 40, um, but... I mean, who knows what technology could do and and advances in science and medicine. From everything Tom said this week, you still think there's a chance he retires after the game? Yeah. Wow, it's all a big big build up. Dude, I don't think if you're so. seven and three no. in Super Bowls and you just beat Patrick Mahomes, the up and comer, you just tip your cap, bow, and walk off the stage for one last time. It's just such oh. a perfect exit. Well, Ryan, you know, know you yeah. know what's better than seven and three? Eight and three. Eight and three. That's what Tom would be thinking. And then once he's got eight, you know what he's thinking? He's thinking, ten. let me get to ten, baby. Yeah. <laughs> he's also he's also a performer. He also knows a big environment, a big stage. And I think if he's feeling good and the Bucks are are doing well, there's a part of him who actually wants to take the field at Raymond James Stadium in front of a full house of screaming Buccaneer fans. Mm something he didn't experience this year. I, uh, there are a lot of things that will bring Tom Brady back. That could be one of them because I, one thing, I know this may sound crazy and may sound like I'm being a Bucks homer. He really likes being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I think Aww, he does. That's very he nice. really does. Um, then I guess if he gets 10, he might as well try to catch Bill Russell. <laughs> exactly. With I'm, 11. I'm 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 here for this. I mean, I'm not saying I'm ever going to buy a Tom Brady jersey, but uh, but then I, I, I'm enjoying the ride that he's providing for Mike for Mike Evans and Cameron Brait and Levante David and the rest of the crew in Red and Pewter. But then, guys, when he's at 11, he has to get 12. I mean, TV 12 <laughs> ending on 12. Come on. He, there, I would bet everything that through my existence that he doesn't even get 10. Yeah, but maybe it's not about about 12 Super Bowl wins maybe it's 12 Super Bowl appearances mm. he knows that maybe he can't get the dozen wins but if he can get to the Super Bowl 12 times he can't there's, <laughs> there's no way at least would he's you, in the NFC now so it's it's easier to swallow would you bet against him being back in the Super Bowl next year yes I will double down on that you, pizza bet. you already lost <laughs> I know wow. I'll take a double or nothing I know I know wow Guess we got to see if he retires. Well, I yeah, think I we, we also got to see if uh, Brian Gutekunst and Matt Lafleur can get Aaron Rodgers a little bit of help. Oh, maybe Aaron Rodgers can. The get NFC him some is help. such a joke. That's why Deshaun Watson going it's, there. That would. Well, I mean, if he wants the easiest path, it's definitely in the NFC. I kind of like this whole like narrative that people are trying to paint. Why would he want to compete against Patrick Mahomes? I hope he's hearing that and it's pissing him off, and he's like, "I do want to compete against Patrick Mahomes." Right. Right. All right. From Orange and Blur, my boys, happy Super Bowl Friday. I really struggled this week to come up with a scenario where I could happily cheer for either team in the Super Bowl. It's so easy to cheer for the Bucks. There's nothing holding me back. Uh, then it hit me. As a Broncos fan, cheering for the Chiefs is like drinking turpentine. And cheering for Tom Brady is about as appealing as chewing glass. But say Tom comes down with a mysterious illness the, way, the day of the game. Oh, I don't know. Maybe from drinking too much tainted water or something like that. Uh, he has to spend the entire game in a, in a bathroom like Lamar had to do earlier this year for a quarter or so. I, I'd be uh, one happy football team, one happy football fan to watch a Tom Brady-less Bucks team stomp on the Chiefs. 
that's my ultimate Super Bowl scenario. What's yours? Thanks for the great content as always. I'm sorry, but Blaine Gabbert, Gabbert. No, is not, not beating Patrick Mahomes <laughs> in any scenario that ever, 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 ever. And I repeat, don't think of it as cheering for Tom Brady. Think of it as cheering for Shaq Barrett. Broncos country loves Shaq Barrett. I'm in on that, but just cheer against the Chiefs. It's really easy. Why? I mean, I don't want to see Blaine Gabbert play against Patrick Mahomes. I want to see Tom Brady beat Patrick Mahomes. Hey, you might have you might have some Chiefs fans that are maybe uh, slightly torn in their hearts. If if you're a Mizzou fan and you're a Chiefs fan, Blaine Gabbert was a quarterback at Ole Mizzou. That, (laughs) That would be something. It'd be a terrible game. Please, no. It, it would. If that happened, the Bucks would be stomped. I mean, it, if Blaine Gabbert plays the entire game, it's it's thirty four to three. I mean, Ryan, if you're saying thirty eight seventeen with Tom Brady, what are you saying without Tom Brady? The day of the game is when they find out too. Fifty. To three. <laughs> wow! Oh, wow! Hey, at least. Uh, at least the Broncos' bad Super Bowl losses would uh, be down the list. I honestly might be like falling for a trap here, but Tyreek Hill said that uh, Patrick Mahomes has been throwing the ball better this week than he's ever seen in his life. In like, <laughs> like I said, that might just be like a trap that he's setting. But I'm ta- I'm taking that bait. I I believe him. Yeah, I don't. There's nothing no, nothing you could point to to say you should disagree with him. Yeah, like that's terrifying. <laughs> next, uh, next. Oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? I was going to read the next comment, so go ahead. Greendale Human Being says, So Mace, I'm still waiting for you to come out onto the tailgate. At least I'd say show up for the trivia portion. No disrespect to RK and the boys, but I think you'd clean house depending on your ability and quarters. How are yeah. you How are you as a, as a quarter player? Is this like, uh, is this like drink, a drinking game or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to bounce a quarter into a shot glass. Oh, I'd, I'd be terrible at that. And you got to do it uh, quick, speedy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. It's a, a, it's a little, little too early to me for me to be drinking at that age. And uh, also at that time of day, I should say. And also um, with having to take care of uh, my wife right now, she comes back from Achilles surgery. It's probably not happening. Fair enough. One day, yeah. one day. Exactly. Just like Tom Brady in front of a sea <laughs> of pewter in uh... – uh, in Tampa Bay. Here's the question I have on the other side of this. Do we have the tailgate show at the actual tailgate? Yeah, that's going to c- cause a very um, difficult hurdle from a technological standpoint, right. but it's definitely something that we're interested in trying <laughs> to figure out. <laughs> that would be awesome. He goes on with the TLDR for his next point and says, I hate Tom Brady with every fiber of my being. We're going to take that tldr um (laughs) i don't uh like it's just this week where i'm just like putting it all aside because last week i felt that way i was like i want tom brady to lose so badly um but this week i'm just like yeah i mean tom brady he's fine guy yeah you know what i just greendale human being when you just accept that Tom Brady's the goat. Life's easier. You can move on. You can see the light of the Bucks winning. Uh, you know, deflating football. If deflating footballs and sloppily kissing your children on the mouth is the two worst things you do, like hey, you're not that bad. <laughs> 
It's not as bad as putting ketchup on steak. That's for damn sure. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> if uh, if Mahomes wants to fully disrespect Broncos, he should he should go to uh, Elway's and do that. Wow. Oh, yeah. oh. But that would I actually mean, be an amazing troll by the Chiefs like Twitter <laughs> yes account. Yes, it would. <laughs> but the thing is, they'd be putting money in John Elway's pocket. So I mean. Yeah. I'm sure that Elway be like, thank for thanks for your business. Uh, ditto for Shanahan's. Could you imagine if the Chiefs did that, and then Elway quote tweeted like he got into like a petty Twitter war with the Chiefs account? That'd be <laughs> incredible. That would be amazing. <laughs> Are the Elway's plates engraved? Like, do they say Elway's on them? Oh boy, I don't remember. I would. Th- I wouldn't be surprised though. His signature on the bottom. Yeah, I think like I, I don't know if they say Elway. I want to say that they have a seven on them. Okay. okay well, so either way, yeah, yeah, they could just do the plate, you know. Yeah. <laughs> a filet yeah. mignon with just a big old cloth <laughs> of ketchup next to it. Oh man, that would that would be so good. Oh I man, mean, the cool I, I, I want to see John on Twitter. Yeah, come on, John. I mean, All the right. most recent thing we've got from John is a couple of. Uh, uh, you know, retweets that definitely weren't meant to happen. <laughs> like, uh, wait, he always accidentally wait. retweets Roto World. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's been doing yeah, some I, scouting on players. And <laughs> wait, I haven't seen. Has he's had tweets since January second? Accidental no, retweets? No, no. Okay. It's it's been those, those were last year at some point. Wouldn't that be great if if that's how he tipped off who he was going to draft? Was he like retweeted a Roto World draft profile or something of that player? <laughs> or he like, what if he like liked a tweet about, um, like, uh, Deshaun Watson being available? <laughs> right. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I'm looking through the likes to see if there's anything. Oh nice. yeah, did, does he have any likes? You liked an Adam Schefter come on man tweet of a guy falling over. Uh, <laughs> the guy like reached out to like fist bump a player and then fell out uh, of the stands. <laughs> so John, John is about the comedy, huh? Yeah. Big comedy guy. All right. Next one from LDJ. I got to say this. It's not Vic Fangio's fault that John Elway hired Vance Joseph over Kyle Shanahan. So please stop saying Vic sucks because you're still frustrated with Vance Joseph's woes. They're not the same coach. And Jerry Judy doesn't interview well, but it's not his fault that Orny, Orny Broncos fault that they're being asked questions or any Broncos fault that they're being asked questions about Sean Watson. That's on Drew. If Drew were playing even to a Baker Mayfield level, they wouldn't even be thinking about Watson. Challenge Drew to improve and stop worrying about his feelings or him being disrespected as may said if drew's offended uh or his confidence is shot by this he's not the guy anyway yeah i just i just saw the come on man that john liked (laughs) (laughs) it's just people falling over like into hedges and stuff oh man yeah that's that's good john he likes a decent amount of tweets i'm kind of surprised by this yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah me too like i don't know it has... tweeted, someone just tweeted at him that they, that they went to elways and veil and he liked it like that'd be pretty cool if you're just that fan yeah yeah but at the same be. time there there aren't many when you look at the fact that that tweet that that he liked from elways and veil was from over three years ago and it didn't Uh-oh. take you very long to, to to get down there so um that's true yeah like but there are some weird ones like there's a tweet from jeff legwold 
in a preseason game where he says, like, well, says Jordan Norwood, Khalif Raymond and Braylon Addison are catching punts and warm up for the Broncos. He likes that. John Elway also commits the sin of liking his own tweet. Oh, and no. The, and the tweet of his own that he likes is from April 28th, 2016. We're thrilled that Paxton Lynch is going to be a Bronco. <laughs> he fits what we do very well and plays the game with a lot of enthusiasm. John, if you're going to like any one of your tweets, for God's sake, not this one. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> From the other Ryan, my boys, happy bum talk fri- and last football Friday of the season. Good luck to Mesa's Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. I hope that Brady struggles and Tampa finds a way to squeak out a 2-0 victory on a late Shaq Barrett sack, resulting in a safety. Any ideas as to who the Broncos' next defensive backs coach will be now that the earlier rumored names have landed elsewhere? Have a phenomenal Friday and a wonderful weekend. Dan Army salute. Yeah, that, that's a good question. Maybe they're waiting for the Super Bowl to end in order for that to happen. Um, of course, I hired Chris Cook, who's on the offensive side of the ball, but that is, that, that's the one final piece for this staff. And remember, um, they actually have a little bit of flexibility with those who are on the staff because Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator, does a lot of hands-on work with the secondary because his background is as a secondary coach. So it's not it's important, but it's not the most important hire because you still have Donatello's going to have a big voice in that defensive backfield room. And of course, uh, guys going all the way back to, St- to Steve Atwater speak very highly of what Ed has taught them. Have you guys seen this Penn State graphic that's going viral? <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my God. So Penn State football tweeted out, that's a lot of Super Bowls and a graphic that in massive letters says, a Penn, uh, Penn Stater has appeared in every Super Bowl. And then in the tiniest <laughs> font possible underneath it, it says, except for five since 1967. <laughs> That's amazing. So then uh, our friend Ryan Green tweeted out, the Denver Broncos have won every single Super Bowl. And then in tiny letters, except for 52 of them since 1967. <laughs> That is great. And uh, and you have uh, a lot of people just trolling them. That is one of the dumbest tweets I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could just say that, yeah. the, the, that, that a Penn State uh, a Penn Stater has a, appeared in 50 Super Bowls. Like, that's that's what, an amazing stat. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I like this one. The, the Ole Miss did one where they said an Ole Miss Rebel has won every Super Bowl except for the ones they didn't (laughs) (laughs) last question here from bash the man yo 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 my boys what is happening first as always well uh, awesome pod guys you really make my day whenever y'all get together love it second i'm still in i'm still on seeing drew lock in his position as qb i really do enjoy watching him play to me he's just getting better uh so to me at least i hope that drew stays our qb let's go Shaq. win that super bowl don't let bleeping kansas win Peace, love, and chicken and, and chicken grease. I'm out. Mm, everyone's gonna have their Greek potato salads, their uh, Tampa Bay Cuban sandwiches ready for this, and of course their chicharron coffee ready for this weekend. And uh, man, go Tampa mm. Bay! Chicharron coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember. 
Was I uh, close? Please do not put uh, fried pigskin in your coffee. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, probably, oh. Yeah, probably not. I, I was thinking like a stroop waffle. You know how you put a stroop waffle on top of a hot cup of coffee and it makes it soft? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to do that with your chicharron? No, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> but it oh. seems like something you would do right next to your blanket of woven string cheese. That may be lunch today. Oh my god! Oh gosh! <laughs> All right, before we get out of here, uh, shout out to Green Mountain Dental Group, the best damn family-owned dentist group in the metro area. Schedule a cleaning, X-ray, and exam, and get a free Sonicare toothbrush. If you haven't rocked a Sonicare toothbrush, you'll your life will be changed. It does all the work for you. It's pretty amazing. So check them out. Green Mountain Dental Group. You can call them at 303-988-0711 or head to GreenMountainDentalGroup.com for further information. Green Mountain Dental Group. Check them out. But that's going to wrap it up for us this week on the DNVR Broncos podcast. A great pod to finish off the week. Thanks for riding with us the whole way, and we'll talk to you guys later.